0: see we're going to get the call here we're getting the right call that's all that matters after review good call. good goal after reviewing the play the call on the ice stands we got a goal
1: and welcome back to under review i'm greg and that's steve what up buddy Dude, what happened? I
0: cannot believe we live in a world where the Rangers won two draft lotteries in a row, and it's not a video game.
1: I mean, it, this is still real, right? Like, I'm not dreaming.
0: Um, I, actually, I only had three hours of sleep last night, and when I got home from work today, I took a nap. I really needed it. I was running on fumes. I know people often joke that I never sleep, and so the last couple of days that has been true, but I feel a little bit better now. I woke up, I checked, I, I immediately checked. I immediately checked, like, my phone, and yes, Lafreniere is still coming to the Rangers. It's amazing. Um, I
1: just don't, I don't believe it. I still don't you
0: believe it. You know what's nice? Every year we sort of envision you know you do like a, a mock draft and you're like oh how nice would it be if this guy goes to the rangers and for once it's not, it's not something we have to envision we have to pretend because it's actually happening
1: and this is this is fucking unbelievable i, I was just, i remember watching well just had, let's just break this down real quick let's let's go yeah. down the moments of the of the the ping pong okay let's yeah let's let's go over the moments because i
0: was i was i had my shrine ready i had the 2019 draft box yeah. that I that for, you know I had my Kako jersey on that I had on last year with the draft lottery. I had a bottle of champagne ready to be popped, and I didn't really think it was gonna happen. I had a video chat with my girlfriend because I had, had been having a video chat with her. She lives in New York. I was able to circumvent a 40 second delay that I usually have on a stream. So I was watching the lottery through a video chat with her on her TV. And they were they were showing the balls, and everyone's everyone's screaming that it's Rick because the Rangers ball was dropped as they were going through the ping pong balls with the whole presentation. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's look, I'm gonna be honest. I I tweeted something very serious last night about how people who think the lottery is rigged all probably just struggle to accept responsibility for their own actions in life because it's easier to blame external factors than to accept that sometimes life doesn't go your way. Um, I, I stand by it, you know, lotteries aren't rigged, not in 2020. I don't know, maybe, maybe the Crosby lottery, because we never saw any footage
1: of it, but, you know, that's I mean, the only—that's the only lottery in existence where I was kind of like, I don't know, man. Is there but actual you know footage? But that's it. Of, other than that, no other lottery has ever been rigged, in my opinion. Is there actual footage of the draft lottery in in two thousand five? I don't know.
0: Exactly. But the last couple of years, there—I've never footage. seen it.
1: So, look,
0: the footage. It looks like of, like your oh, hold on. Isn't my. To the
1: internet.
0: Take a look at the help section. Hold on, on give me a second. Shut up, right. Alexa. Yeah, my Amazon Echo is trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Never mind. Um, every year, the draft lottery is recorded and it's uploaded the moment the pick is announced on air. There's a guy from Ernest & Young sitting there, a $30 billion company. That, that, that they're not going to risk their reputation on this. No, um, of course not. But in, enough, enough about people saying it's rigged. The Rangers had a 1-8 chance, and they got it. I couldn't believe it. When I saw that, that ping pong ball with a little bit of red and a little bit of blue, my first thought was, which other team has red and blue in their logos? And then a second later, it hit me, and I couldn't believe it. I was popping champagne after midnight here in Vienna, and it was unreal.
1: Yeah, man, I I had a very similar reaction. Um, At first, when the the guy dropped the ball in there, he dropped the ball early, and then he had to pick it up. I remember for a second, I was like, what are you doing, man? Because if we do win this fucking thing, you know there's going to be conspiracy theorists out there that are going to be like, he did something with the ball, there's something going on there, switching the ball, or some fucking dumbass shit, so... Anyways, and then it just happened to be a coincidence that we actually fucking won. And Come I remember, I remember when, the, when the ball popped up to there, and I saw the very corner of the logo, and I saw a little bit of red and blue there. And my first thought was red and blue, Montreal, Montreal, something like the jet. Holy shit, we won. <laughs> was just like, that's the first thing I thought. Yeah, and I was like, wait, wait, holy holy shit. And I, just, I waited for it to actually turn, because I, I didn't want to get my hopes up. And then mm-hmm. they picked it up and put it there. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, I just, I just fucking flipped out. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, the, 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 the chant, the, I mean, I just, I have no words. I was just completely speechless. I was stumbling over my words. I was, My wife turned around. She's like, is this real? I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I think so. I hope so. I hope it's not a game. But um, yeah, man, I just, um, I never thought this would ever happen. I never, I, dude, if you told me before the season started, that we would be heading in the right direction, make the playoffs, and still somehow get, a, get, get the overall number one pick in the draft? I'd say, first of all, how is that going to happen unless we trade for a pick and that pick happens to be the number one pick? But in this weird world that we're in right now, we just happen to actually make the playoffs. and then in, Even though it's not really the playoffs, kind of like some weird qualifying round, but we still happen to have some extra playoff games, so to speak. And we made the postseason. Let's just call it postseason. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at. it. And we got the first overall pick. I just, it's just weird, man. Like, I don't. I mean, I remember seeing a tweet earlier. I forgot who it's from, but it was something like, "I think that the chance, like the, when you look at all the variables, the Rangers having to make, um, make, you know, uh, to get into the position to make the playoffs, right? Then in the position to." What, what's the, the the odds of losing to Carolina? What are the odds of that of us winning the um the you know the, the secondary lottery after that? All these different factors, like like the the um the NHL teams getting that number one pick, then the Rangers losing to the Carolina, then the Rangers having to win the ho- the whole thing. It's like something like one percent, dude. Like those are the odds when you stack them up, and it's like that's just incredible. We we really like, if you think about it, before all of this went down, before any lottery. Happened the first draft the first lottery scenario and the first lo- the sex the second lottery scenario We had like a one percent chance of this actually happening. Yeah, and it happened And yeah, happened. it's unbelievable The thing
0: is this was going to happen to one of eight teams Yeah, there were eight teams in the second lottery. This was going to happen to one of them honestly um, And after this we'll move on and talk a little bit about lafreniere himself, but honestly out of the eight teams People were going to complain if it was the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, or the New York Rangers. So it's a a, a 50-50 chance that whoever whoever wins it, people are going to have a problem with it. You have the Minnesota Wild, who who never really, aside from Gabrick, never had a top three pick, and that was in their inaugural season the Nashville Predators who and and then the Winnipeg Jets and the Florida Panthers if one of those four teams would have won it i don't think a lot of people would have a problem with it like, except for those those teams rivals rival fans but it was a 50-50 shot that a, an unpopular result was going to happen yeah uh, to be to be honest out of those out of those four unpopular uh, uh, scenarios I think the Rangers Getting the first overall pick People should not be complaining about it I mean come on the Edmonton Oilers Had four first overall picks in a dec- In half a decade
1: um, The Maple the, fuck, the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins built their entire Legacy on those draft picks I mean with you know With Flurry and Crosby And Malkin and Jordan Stahl I mean they, they built their whole mm. Success on the draft
0: People often forget the Jordan Stahl pick, but in four consecutive years, they had first overall, second overall, first overall, second overall. They didn't pick they didn't pick lower than, than two for four years in a row. Um, the Maple Leafs got all Matthews in 2016. Um, they had Mitch Marner fifth fifth or sixth overall, Morgan Riley fifth overall. They've had their high picks. You know, the Rangers. Before Kako didn't have a top three pick since 1966, and that was Brad Park. They didn't have a first overall pick since 1965, which was a guy named Andre Veyu, who never played an NHL game because the NHL draft, we discussed this a couple of days ago, at the time was not really an NHL draft. It was just a get-together of GMs, and they go, which player is is not associated with an NHL team yet? Let's go for him. Yeah. And, and then they go, oh, the Pittsburgh Hornets from the AHL are interested in a play? Yeah, let, let, they can pick one, too. Who cares? It wasn't a draft. It wasn't the draft as we know it today. The yeah. Rangers, look, and I say this as a Rangers fan, and it might sound biased, but the Rangers deserved it on the basis of them never t- having tanked alone.
1: I actually completely agree with that. And you know who brought that that point up earlier today was, uh, was Larry Brooks. And so Brooks kind of says a lot of crazy shit, but man, he was spot on with that. I mean, he's right. You know, they, they, they really fucking deserved it. Like they never tanked. They kept their head forward. They always just, they just like, we're just going to play. We're going to, we're going to play hard. We're going to try to make the playoffs. And we're just going to let the, the chips fall where they may. And for them, luck, just have it, you know, luck be a lady. And then the chips happen to be number one overall pick in an absolutely stacked draft with a kid who, uh, you know we can get into this later, generational not generational, you know what kind of a player he's gonna be. I mean he's a heck of a talent,
0: yeah, yeah, and you know the Rangers have slowly built their way up towards this, you know in twenty seventeen they had the seventh overall pick, and they drafted leas Anderson, which a lot of fans are still upset about because he was a safe pick and not a lot of upside, and in twenty eighteen they got they got Crofts off ninth overall you know, who was slightly better, so fans were like, alright, alright, we have a better prospect now, and Lias can sort of in that, in that, you know, in the shadow of Kravtsov, maybe still develop into something, and then last year we got Kapo Kako, and people were saying, alright, 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 you know, in Kako shadow, Kravtsov can develop, you know, and, and without with a lot of pressure, and then, and then this year we get first overall, and people were like, alright, 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 you know, in, in Lafreniere shadow, Kako can develop, you know, with without a lot of pressure, I, Every year we have, like, this prospect that sort of pushes our top prospect a little bit down, like, you know, and that on top of the moves that Gordon has made, trading two second-round picks for Adam Fox, well, second and a third, but conditionally it turned into a second. So two second-round picks for Adam Fox, a first-round pick, and new PM for Jacob Truba, signing Panarin as a free agent, um... And just the draft picks, you know, like K. Andre Miller, who a lot of fans are crazy about, uh, Nils Lundqvist, who's dominating the Swedish league, the third best league in the world, at age 19 as a defenseman. There's a lot to like for Ranger fans. And Lafreniere is just the um, the cherry on top of the icing on the cake. It just we just kept stacking, and this is this is the pinnacle of the rebuild. I have said for 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 about two years now that we need at least two high picks, and by high picks I mean top three. You know, Krafczuk was ninth overall. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, we need two high, two top three picks. The Blackhawks in 2006 got Jonathan Taves. 2007, Patrick Kane. We have that one-two punch now in the draft. I'm not comparing them as players at all, but Kako and Taves as the first real high pick, and then Kane and Lafreniere to solidify that rebuild. And if we go by the Blackhawks' blueprint for success, the Rangers' window to really start winning cups should should be 2022-23. That's the season where we should really be a contender. We have Josh York and Annette who's only 24. He has at least 10 good years in him. Um, Zibane jet. How old is Zabana 26?
1: No, he's older than that. I think 27, 28 or 27. All right. All right. Um, so Actually, 20, though, I think Panarin is a year older, I think.
0: All right. Um, we have some experience, you know, in Panarin and Zibanejad and Kreider and Truba. Yeah, and Zibanejad
1: some... is 27.
0: <clears throat> all right, all right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's exciting. And, and adding Lafreniere on top of that is so different from the Devils adding Jack Hughes. Like, the Devils were legitimately a bad team last season. You know, they, they got the first overall pick because they were one of the worst teams in the league. Lafreniere is joining an organization that is already that has already climbed up the ladder, so to speak, in the last year and a half, two years. Yeah. Um, Lafreniere will not be the guy in New York. Lafreniere will be one of the weapons the Rangers will have. Yeah, and that's just you know, it's like, what's what's. Yeah, it's difficult to 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 find an equivalent of this because the draft lottery is, is something relatively new. But imagine, uh, yeah, maybe Tyler Sagan because he was drafted second overall by the Bruins and they won the cup a year later.
1: Well, I don't think it's tough for most fans to imagine, you know, you drafting a you know a high a high end talented kid and adding him to a, a pool of high-talented players and having a very young, exciting, competitive team down the road. I mean, you just, you just go look around the league. I mean, that's exactly what Vancouver has done. That's exactly what the, what the Carolina Hurricanes have done. Um, that's what Pittsburgh and Chicago did in the past. Um, to, a, to a lesser degree, Toronto and Tampa Bay, although they haven't cashed in on it, they've made successful, you know, like, I guess you could say successful um, teams out of the draft. So, I mean, you go look around the league. Whether you whether whether teams have won the cup or not, you know, all the teams that are competitive have all done it in a very similar fashion. The only difference of winning the cup or not is, you know, how many pieces do you have, and you know, there's always there's a lot of variables. Sometimes injuries play into it, timing, matchups, who gels at the right time, who's healthy, who's not. So there's so many factors yeah. in right. But if you look at all the teams that are competitive every year, right? When, you know, when the, when the Rangers, um, when the Rangers in the heyday, when they were, when they were fighting for a cup and they're always competing against, you know, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins built their team through the draft, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks who won two Stanley cups and could have won a third, they built their team through the draft. Right. I mean, it's just, they did win a third. They won three. Uh, I think the third one was, was it, um, we all three with Patrick Kane though. Yeah, 2010,
0: 2013, and
1: 2015. Okay, so then yeah, so then, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know if the, I didn't know if the first couple was with Patrick Kane or not. It was right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so then there you go. So 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 it's three for Chicago. It's you know it's it's three for uh, it's two for pit two uh, two or three for Pittsburgh. Did they win three? They won three, right? Uh, well, they they won one in 2009, and then they won back to back in 16 and 17. Right. So I mean, so all and technically all three are the the Crosby era to sort of speak. So, yeah, Crosby and Malkin won three cups in Pittsburgh. Correct. Yeah. So 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 if you look at it, you've got you've got six cups between, you know, two franchises that have built through the draft. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and you've also got the Toronto Maple Leafs who built their team through the draft and let's be let's be totally fair. It's not like their teams are unsuccessful. You know, they they they're still young and building. I mean, like you know, in my opinion, I think Toronto is one or two defensemen away from the, turning that corner. You know they they're a very good team. They're just not very good on the blue end on the on the blue line. Yeah. So yeah, and 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 you know drafting first overall is by no means a
0: guarantee you're going to win a cup because you know no, Colorado and Buffalo. at go look
1: at that. This is the
0: this, is the, point of, this is the point that's always brought up. However, building through the draft puts you in the best position to compete for a cup.
1: Right, exactly. And you can't use Edmonton as an example of, well, you can get these picks and do nothing with it. It's like You know, when people tell me that shit, I really get somewhat annoyed because they have they have fucked up their their draft more than anybody else. Okay, they've got two generational players. Okay, then they go out and they they also drafted Taylor Hall, who they traded for nothing. Let's be completely fucking fair; they basically gave him away. Okay, so they gave away Taylor Hall. They missed on Nail Yakupov. They uh, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins is a good player but they've failed to build anything after these picks. It's like they keep getting these first overall picks. And then after that, they just have no idea what to do, you know? And, and the differences between these teams is like, when you've got your Chicago's and your, um, and your Pittsburgh's, they actually can do things in the second round, the third round. They're able to go make a deal and, and, and build out the rest of their team. It's like Edmonton just thinks, Oh, we're going to get a superstar and everyone else is just whatever. It's like, you go watch these Edmonton-Oiler games When Connor McDavid is not on the ice The team is absolutely fucking dog shit They're dog shit They are like the worst team in the NHL when he's off the ice Yeah Yeah, and, yeah, and, and that's, that's That's a very
0: valid point And it just it feeds, it you know, it leads into Something else I wanted to, you know Get it home with um, And this is a, an analogy that I've used before It's the, you know The, so The analogy I always use is um, every cow is an animal, but not every animal is a cow. Like every team that has won a cup or has been a contender for a decade has built through the draft, but not every team that has built through the draft has been that contender for a decade. If you look at the Boston Bruins, look at their top line. And, okay, these were not really high picks, but they were just really good at drafting. Bergeron, Marchand, McAvoy... Posternak, Krejci, yeah. yeah.
1: um,
0: you know yeah. earlier on Lucic, who you know in his prime was a really Charlie, good player. Charlie McAvoy, I mean, like, yeah. And they traded Andrew Raycroft for Tuca Rask. You know yeah. that's one of those trades that just solidifies everything. They added Zdeno Chara and free agency. If you look at the Chicago Blackhawks, it's not just Kane and Tapes. They had Duncan Keith. They signed Marian Hossa. You know yeah. to to really put them over the top. Brent Seabrook. Um, Brent Seabrook. Patrick Sharp. Um,
1: Patrick Sharp. I forgot.
0: Yeah, I mean, Patrick Sharp was a huge part of that team. Yeah, um, and if you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, yeah, of course, you know, it's Crosby and it's Malkin, and and they had first overall pick Marc-Andre Fleury and Nett. But it was also them trading assets to add Phil Kessel, which – Dude, Phil, so, so much over the top. They had Phil Kessel on the third line and they won two cups with it.
1: Yeah. Phil Wait. Kessel really took them from like a very, a very, very top elite team to a team that couldn't be beat.
0: The hagelin Bonino Kessel line won them two cups. Yes, I agree with that.
1: And I think that that's and I think that's a very good point that you're bringing out because I, I actually think this is this is what happens a lot in, in, in playoff hockey. Okay. When you start playing playoff hockey teams especially really good ones really good defensive teams and it's 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 so obvious with like carolina and, and and new york right it's like you look at it like okay you know what we're gonna shut down mika sabanajad and we're gonna shut down Ontario terry panera cool we're gonna make we're gonna focus on them so hard we're not gonna give them any opportunities we're gonna nullify the shit out of them can yep. can their, can their third or fourth line beat us consistently no they can't your third and fourth line suck ass and if you look at 2014, when the Rangers
0: made the cup final, their third line was Puglia, Brassard, Zuccarello. That's a fucking monster third line, dude. That is, the, that is one of the best third lines in the league that season.
1: Yeah. The fourth
0: line had Derek Dorsett, Dominic Moore, and Brian Boyle. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's good, a good fourth that's line. That's a quality
1: fourth line. Yeah. You know, and and that's you need those third and fourth lines. You need those, you need your you need your bottom six to be able to contribute because when you start playing better teams, they're going to they're going to take care of your first your your first and second line. They're gonna shut down. And you have to be able to have talent in your third and fourth lines to overcome the ineptitude of another defense because they can only you can only check so many pieces, like you can only Account for so many pieces, right? I I, I like using like the the basketball analogy with like Michael Jordan, the Bulls, right? Is that teams used to play Jordan and they'd say, okay, we know, we know, we know if we contain him, if we just focus on him and make somebody else beat us, whatever. You know, if Scottie Pippen beats us one night, it's fine. It's like, I just, I can't, I have to pick my poison. And that's what good teams do. They make you pick their poison. They make you say, okay, if if you're, if you're gonna, if I'm having an off game or you're shutting me down, well, then you know what? I'm just going to – someone else going to have to beat me. And that's the Rangers. They're, they have to start creating that depth of talent where they say, okay, who's going to beat us tonight? And they're starting to do that. They're starting to acquire a lot of fucking talent, a lot of really talented kids. And it's just an exciting time to watch that. I mean, when was the last time the Rangers had this many high-end talented you know kids, let alone forwards, just kids? I mean, we, we, uh, to me – Not in my hard, lifetime. No, this is this. The, the Rangers are probably if we're being completely fair here, I would probably say the number one overall prospect pool in the NHL. And that's and that's if we're not that's if we haven't graduated CACO yet. After last
0: night, yes. Adding Lafreniere to the team and we're going to talk about, you know, the the, the depth a little bit more now. Lafreniere, a left winger on a team that already has Panarin and Kreider. There are people on Twitter that, and Facebook that are saying, oh, should we trade Kreider?
1: No. No, 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 you don't. You don't
0: no. trade Kreider because Kreider can be our Phil Kessel. People complain but, about exactly. Kreider a lot. He's invisible Domine- for long stretches. What? I said he can dominate on that third line. But put Kreider on the third line, and all of a sudden you have three lines you can roll out and... That's what you need in the playoffs. And sure, you need a little bit of luck because, in my opinion, the team that wins the Cup is usually the team that doesn't suffer any injuries in in the playoffs. Yep, I agree with that. But you need that depth. And honestly, the Rangers against the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, and nothing against the players I'm going to mention now. But if you have Greg McKegg on the fourth line, who I still think is only a popular player because his name sounds funny, and... Phil Di Giuseppe on your third line, then you're not going to go far in the playoffs.
1: No, no, I would actually say that moving forward, this team has to rethink that bottom six. That bottom six has to get rethought. You cannot have these guys in the bottom six anymore when you have the, the amount of talent you have. I mean, I, I think it's time that we start giving, giving guys like Morgan Barron like a, a fair shot.
0: And if you look at the 2012 season under Tortorella, where we made it all the way to the the Eastern Conference final, where we were a a win away from winning a President's Trophy. I think Vancouver won it that year, but we were like up there with Vancouver. Uh, we We didn't get past the Devils in the Eastern Conference final because the Devils had depth that we didn't have. Our fourth line in 2012, don't even ask me who was on it. I mean, 2014, I can tell you, but 2012, I don't know. I know Stu Bickle was 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 on the bench for four fifty-five 55 out of the 60 minutes. Yeah, uh, but that's that's the thing, and and if you if you don't have the depth, and this is why you need a fourth line to to roll for like 10, 11, 12 minutes throughout the game. If you have the depth, then you can match up against players, and and uh, and that's how you win series in the postseason, and. You know, making making the play in round was good experience for the Rangers. And then on top of that, walking away with the first overall pick is just a bonus. I know we talked for about thirty to forty-five minutes about potential targets in the draft with our own pick. Yeah, we we can forget about that now. Not yet. Gonna, absolutely out of,
1: out of the picture now. We're
0: gonna get Lafreniere. here. And I quickly wanna wanna jump on the will the Rangers draft Quinton Byfield instead? Thing that's being discussed? No, I I would be shocked if the Rangers go with Quentin Byfield. You don't you don't settle for positional need with the first overall pick when the difference in quality between the top prospect and the second highest prospect is as big as it is this year. If this is 2017 or uh, 2012, then yeah, a case can be made for it. But the Edmonton Oilers didn't draft Noah Hannafin first overall in 2015 when Conor McDavid was there. Yeah, exactly. The Rangers are not going to draft Quinton Byfield, even though it would solve a lot of our problems. But when you can get a kid like Lafreniere, you go for it. Yeah, and, and you fill out your holes another way. You, you make You make a trade. You maybe target someone in free agency. Uh, I heard some people talk about offreciting Matt Barzal, which I'm not a huge fan of because I would much rather control. Oh, I can't, you. I can't
1: wait to get into that 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 chat in a second.
0: All right, all right. we'll we'll, we'll go over that in in, in a second. Um, but the need the Rangers have at center, they can address it other in other ways. They're not going to draft Quinton Byfield. They're not going to trade down. This organization has not had a first-round pick since 1965. They're not going to trade it away. We're not the Florida Panthers, who, by the way, have traded a
1: first-round pick away twice. Yep. So let's, uh, let's first overall. Into, let's get into something real quick. Um, so he, I, here, I think one of the one of the beauties of of winning this draft is not only does it, you know, boast our prospect you know a prospect pool of what's in our system and and the amount of youth and kids moving forward but what it does more than anything else is it really starts adding skill to that top six that we already have to push more people down and it actually allows us the complete flexibility now that if we want to go out and make a trade and get a second line center the rangers have all the assets in the world to go do so they do they have all the assets in the world. They are in great position. If they want to go out and really you know, make a blockbuster trade for a player, they could. They could. They could totally go out tomorrow and go get themselves a Jack Eichel. They could. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think that's huge. I think that's huge for this franchise. I don't know Idiot. what it would cost, but I mean, you you can you can go do it. Like they they have enough assets. I, I don't know what it would cost to get a Jack Eichel. I I assume you're starting with uh, probably you know you're sending them Heedle and you're sending them Kravstov and you're sending them probably uh, Tony D'Angelo or or something like that, and then probably some picks. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like it's not crazy talk anymore. Whereas before having LaFrenier in the mix, you're like, oh, do I really want to get rid of Heatle? Do I really want to get a craft stop? Because those are our wingers that we're banking on down the road. And now you're like, wow, we've got the flexibility to turn this team from... To, I mean, just think about it. Say, say you were to move like two or three of your, your prospects that are like fourth or fifth in your pecking order and turn that into Jack Eichel for the next decade. Does it really matter what you do on your third and fourth line? You, 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 can, you can fill it with guys you sign or guys in, you know in your development. You can put Morgan Barron on your fourth line, you know, you can, you can go and, you know, put somebody else, you, you can, you can actually probably, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but you could probably put, you know, Vinny LaTerry on a fourth line and just deal with it. You could.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Vinny LaTerry is going to go sign in Europe somewhere, but uh, yeah, the point is the fourth line is something you should build from within. The fourth line is not, are there, those are not positions that you pay for in free agency, in my opinion. Um, a good fourth line is one you develop yourself, and the Rangers have always been good in developing those bottom six players. You know, yeah. Carl
1: Hagelin, Jesper Fox. Give it to a Tim Gettiger. You can give it to a, you know, to, to somebody else. I mean, it's almost it's almost like it's almost like putting that fourth line together would be a lot easier to swallow, you know, because of how good your top six will be. Matter of fact, your top nine. Mm. You know, so. I'm, I'm really in the, in the camp of doing everything I can to try to get that second line center now. And which brings me to my other point is if I'm not going to go that route and I feel like I can make the cap room work, you know, maybe hang retires, maybe something else happens. But if I can make the cap work and I can go and offer sheet Matt Barzell, I fucking do that in a heartbeat. I, I offer sheet him today. Like not today. I mean, obviously you can't, but meaning when the opportunity presents itself. Day one, I, I, I offer sheet him. And so I I actually want to give a shout out to um to to Greg on Blue Sheet on uh Blue Sheet Breakaway. He's the one who came up with that idea. And the minute I heard that, I was in my car driving, listening to the podcast, and I was like, oh shit, I really love that idea. I was like, I would be all fucking over offer sheeting Matt out. Like, where do I sign for that? Because I will I would fucking do that in a heartbeat. I love Matt out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, so the only problem I have with an offer sheet is that y- the compensation is, is, is set. You know, it's, it's draft picks only. I, I'm a much bigger supporter of trading for someone's rights where you can control the assets, where it's not just draft picks, where you would give up a package that includes Philip Heedle. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, D'Angelo, Heedle and a first-round pick, something along the lines of that instead of offering Barzal something. Because the, the point of the offer sheet is you want to put the, the team that owns the players' rights in a position where it's a tough call whether they match it or not. When the Montreal Canadiens offer sheeted of Sebastian Ajo last year, the Carolina Hurricanes, the only reason they took 10, 10 seconds to decide is because they had to finish their coffee first. It was, it, it was a no-brainer. If you offer shit Matt Barzal, you have to make the Islanders sweat. You have to make them think, ooh, do we do we actually match this or do we go for the compensation?
1: There's no fucking, there's no, I, I absolutely think we can fucking make them. Do you honestly think people are going to want fucking, you know, the, the people that they have at their fucking, do you think I'm going to want fucking Johnny Boychuk at six million? Anybody's going to want any of these fucking players they have? I mean, come on, man! Like, no, no one's gonna want fucking Lee Anders at fucking you know t- seven million. Brock Nelson, An- right? Anders, Who's gonna want Anders fucking, Lee, yeah. Or jo- Jordan Eboli, I think he's making like six million, right, or five, five and change. I mean, like yeah, they've yeah. got some horrendous contracts.
0: I know they do, and and the point is, you want to put them in a position where where they 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 cannot really match it. So here's my thing. Here, here's my issue.
1: Cap as is. I mean, I don't know what their okay. their cap's has to be under five million dollars. Has to be.
0: It's a little bit more than that, but um, so okay. So here's the thing: if you offer more than eight point four million, and this will be adjusted, you know, maybe for next season a little bit, but if you go over eight point four million, the compensation is two first round
1: picks, a second round pick, and a third round pick. Done. 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 I have no problem giving that up for him. No problem. All right. I have no – I have no – because here, here's the thing. Like this team is not going to be bottom-level first-round bad in, in two years. They're just not – they're not going to be that bad, dude. Not with the amount of t- – not, not in the direction they're heading. And I'll tell you this. If you offer sheet Matt Barzell, you get Mark, Matt Barzell here. You put him on your second line. You've got, you know, Zabanajad. You've got Panarin. You've got Kako. You've got, you know, you've got Lafreniere. You've got all these kids. You've got Fox and Miller coming and all this stuff and you still can't get in the playoffs, you've messed up. You've messed up. And, you, and you, you, have no one to, you have nobody to look at except for yourself because that's the strategy. The strategy is you've built now. You've built your, your core. Now you have the luxury and the financial muscle to go out and, and take a team like the Islanders and really stick it to them and say, you know what? You can't afford $9 million from that, Bros. I know you can't. So I'm going to do it, and you're going to be like, you're going to suck it up, you're going to let him go, and we're going to give you a bunch of picks, and we're going to move on with it if you can put the Islanders in a position where they cannot match it, then, then go
0: for it. But, but an offer sheet, yeah, like I said, I, I'm just, I just like to control the assets I give up for a player instead of being told by the league what I have to give up for it. I understand. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bigger fan. Look, I'm, I would much rather give up some some prospects and maybe a roster player. On top of a draft pick or two, to acquire a player's rights and then sign into an extension.
1: Look, that's why I'm not against the idea of like trading for someone like a Jack Eichel. I'm not against that. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't, know, I, don't, I, don't I don't know if that kind of stuff is going to happen, but I know for shit sure that I can afford as long as I can get I can move I can I can move on from you know Hank's yeah. contract or make the, the money work from, from the Rangers' point of view. Yeah, I can go get Matt Barzell. Yeah, and I, that well, just, the that's point is.
0: The point is, we can we can add a center in either a trade or a free agency. That's exactly. And whether, whether we an don't offer sheet.
1: Offer sheet somebody, we make a trade. Like we have, yeah. we have many different avenues of going about to get ourselves, a, a, like not a yeah. not an oak okay second line center, but a a second line center that can play first line center on most teams. Now you're cooking. Now now you're talking. Now you're in business. Now now you've got you know a plethora a plethora of talent, man.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that, you, that, that, thats just the biggest. The
1: right have, the right. yeah. I mean, just think of, just think about the—the the amount of forwards you would have with Zabana, and Panarin. I mean, you have—you have You, have Cern, you signed now to, to a couple of years. I mean, heck, this might be the best Pavel Buchnevich we've—we've seen. Maybe you package him. You know, I like—I like what I'm seeing from Buch now. But he's got—you know—he's—he's he's got trade potential in it. And you've still got cat Ka- you still got Kapokako, You know, you've still got—you still got. Hilo. So it's like, you know, and then all of a sudden the kids you're putting in, it's just, you, you've just got so many pieces to, to, to flip around here. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think, honestly, the, the biggest question mark for this Ranger team is going to be how do they fill that second line center to, to make the, the top six where it's supposed to be? What happens with this and what happens with Hank and what happens with the defense?
0: Mm-hmm. I think those
1: are the storylines moving forward this summer. That's yeah. what's for this, this fall, however you want to, however we're going to write this out. Yeah, I, yeah
0: that's, I mean, that's, it, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting
1: off season for
0: the Rangers, and winning the lottery changes the whole dynamic. Um, so let's say, let's let's, you, round you, and, and, you, and, let's round up and let's round up and
1: talk a little bit about Lafreniere then. Okay. You so, first. Okay, so to to be completely fair. Here's, here's what I know of the kid is basically what I read about him and any video that I've, I've actually seen. Um, I've watched the world junior games. Um, and then, so that's my, you know, like live quote unquote, like game sample of, of watching him. And he, my, he was the best player on the ice, but by a large margin, um, he looks more mature in his game than most kids at 18 years old. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of things like, I mean, we can talk about, he, he's got a lot of things. He's got, he, he's, he's very explosive. He's got good, he's got good speed, good hands, good vision, good hockey IQ. Uh, just a, an incredible shot. Like he makes the, he makes the right decision. He's got, he's got incredible puck puck skills. He's able to dangle around guys. I mean, in terms of a gifted offensive player, he's off the charts. He makes everybody around him better, which is what I think separates him from some, from, from, from really good prospects is that you notice when he's on the ice he's he's noticeable. He's noticeable when he's on the ice cuz he does things that just make you go wow, I can't believe that kid just did that. Um, the things I think that that for me are really incredible for a for a kid of his kind of like, you know, offensive skill set. Um, he is I don't know if you if you've watched how many games you've watched or what you or how much video you've watched, but I think defensively this kid is very good he is a lot better defensively than I thought he was. He's, a, he's very good on the forward check. He gets, he, he, you know, he, he, gets, he, he back checks well. He, he hustles down the other end of the ice and, and pokes pucks away and creates turnovers, you know, and, and has takeaways and gets the puck back and starts and, and, and you know, creating opportunities the other way. Like, he's actually quite good away from the puck than he is with the puck, which I think is um, a very good skill to have. I actually look at him as a very good, complete two-way player. He doesn't have a lot of holes to his game. Um, yeah, the th- some other thing that kind of stood out to me, um, he has, it's, it's almost like this kid will go to the net with like reckless abandonment. Like he has a lot of cojones to him. It's like, he knows that even if the, even if he's going to be going against some guys that might be a little bigger than him, and he's a, he's not a small kid. Like let's, let's also realize this. When we talk about undersized player, Lassagne is not an undersized player at all. He's not, he hasn't filled out his frame, but he's not undersized at all. But having said that he still goes to the net with absolute authority. He finishes his checks. He he pulls the puck away from people. He's he has like that, you know, you know, when a dog is like looking for a bone, that's how he looks for the puck. He is a puck hog and a half. Like he, like, meaning he's always tracking down loose pucks. So he's got a real like edge to his game. that I kind of like in that sense, like he's very aggressive. He, uh, I mean, I hate saying it. He just, he, he, he looks like the perfect prospect. If you were going to build a prospect, in a in like a in like a game system, the only thing he's missing is like maybe that like really big like Yager or like Rick Nash kind of size. That's it. It's all he's missing. But he's not even undersized for his body, so I wouldn't even say that that's bad. He yep. just he's a he's a he's one of the best prospects to come around in a long time. I mean i, I, I would i would i would say from what I've watched, and I think Jack Hughes is going to be a hell of a prospect. It's going to be a hell of a, um, a talent. I think this kid's going to be better than Jack Hughes.
0: Yeah, and 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 we talked we, we, we touched on this before. Lafreniere coming into a team where there are already established pieces more so than the Devils probably makes it easier for him to 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 storm out of the gate, so to speak. Unlike Jack Hughes, um, I have not watched a lot of Lafreniere in the QMJHL because I'll be honest, I don't watch the QMJHL a lot. I usually watch like you know the the. Uh, the Memorial Cup, and I watch some WHL games as a Thunderbirds fan. So, uh, prospects like Connor Zari, Seth Jarvis, those are the ones that I know a little bit more about. But if uh, our Lafreniere, the stories I've heard, the the, the videos I've watched, um, there's a reason he is the consensus first overall pick. And if you if you go through his numbers um, in his D minus two years, so two years before being uh draft eligible he had 80 points in 60 games yeah that's the third highest that, that's
1: incredible that's incredible
0: that's the that's the third highest in qmjhl history by a player in his d minus two year um th- one of the two players that had more points in that same year was Mario Lemieux who had 96 yeah uh Mario Lemieux is one of two players that that is ahead of him in 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 that on that ranking. Um, he had ten points in five games in the World Juniors. I was at the World Juniors for different reasons. Obviously, I was I was there to 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 watch Niels Lundqvist and Carl Henrikson and and look a little bit at uh, uh, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz because at the time I was still expecting the Rangers to draft in that five to to ten range. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see some, some, some games by Team Canada and this kid was dominating. In his draft year at the Will Juniors, which is under 20, he was dominating shifts. He was carrying the puck all the way up the ice in ways that I've seen Rasmus Dalim do as a defenseman. He does it as a forward. He just goes and picks up the puck behind his own net, skates through the neutral zone, and sets up either sets up a teammate or just just crashes in the net. And this is something that Ranger fans will love because he really plays with an edge. If you, uh, there are some comparisons going to be made to Sidney Crosby because they're both drafted from the same junior team, Rimouski. Yep, Lafreniere is a completely different player compared to, to Sidney Crosby. Lafreniere has a little bit of an edge to his game that is going to make him very popular with Ranger fans. Ranger I actually, fans, I Ranger fans are. are always like, you know, this blue color thing they want to see in, in their players. Lafreniere brings that on top of the elite talent.
1: Yeah, the, the one that the, just to kind of like... Yeah, that, I think I think that's something that, you know, uh, people who listen to this podcast or any of our friends, like, the, we really want to hammer this home, is that the one thing that I've noticed from any of the games I watch when you played in the World Juniors was the edge to his game was incredible. Like, he... He 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 really does have a nose for the puck, man. And he will he will grind against the boards and fight and fight for pucks. You know, he's he's. I don't I don't want to say his his physicality is a little bit of a throwback, but it kind of is. You know, it's he's got this like hybrid of a game where he's got like this like aggressive, gritty kind of like early 2000s to his game, but he's got this like high end speed with like tons of creativity that you see in kids today. And when you give this kid time and space though, I mean, he just makes people look stupid. He really does. He's just got an incredible ability to make defenders look absolutely, absolutely stupid. I mean, there was, there was uh, one of the games in the, um, in the world juniors where he just, I mean, and he's going to be his teammate, Keonji Miller, but he made Keonji Miller look bad, look really bad. I mean, he just totally flat out abused him. And it's just, you know, these are the kind of things you see from him. I mean, he's, you don't see prospects come along with this many tools, you know? And I think the other thing I want to kind of mention about him is he doesn't seem like a very selfish player. He's actually, if I had to be honest, he probably doesn't shoot enough. And I know we're going to hear, you're probably going to hear all the range, shoot the puck, you know, to this kid, because he doesn't, he's a very unselfish player. He's always looking to create more opportunities. And I hate and and you know something you put him on on a team with guys like Sabanajed and uh, and and Panarin who have no problem shooting the puck. I mean, what's to say this kid can't put up sixty, 60 assists?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, look, it's and it's it's really tough to to project because honestly, we don't even know how many games are going to be played in the in the upcoming season. That's um, true. But um I Craig Button is expect is 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 expecting him to put up sixty plus points and this is all based on eighty-two games. I
1: think I think sixty points, I think sixty points in an eighty game season for him is not unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable. Mike Mike Rupp on NHL
0: Network went even further and said seventy plus. Um I think the the real question is what is uh, what what are his minutes going to be like because we 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 already touched on Lafreniere joining a team with a lot of pieces in place and him being another tool in the belt instead of being the only tool available which is a great advantage but when it comes to his opportunities and his ice time it might be a slight disadvantage because he has to you know, he's on a team where he's one of many weapons. And his favorite players are Temi Panarin, which I, I already love. He's going to play in the same position as Panarin. He's going to be behind Panarin, sort of like his understudy as a first overall pick. It's going to be amazing. Kreider is the leader of this team, in my opinion, more so than Zabanejad. Um, it's, it's tough for me to, to I think really both, I think project.
1: I think they're both leaders in different ways. I think, I think Sabana is more of an on the ice kind of leader.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm I don't really want to talk about Sabana I want to talk about the people, the, the players that they're playing the same position, Kreider and, and Panarin. Fair
1: enough.
0: Um, uh, so Lafreniere is playing left wing, just like Cryder and Panarin. He's going to be in a situation where, where he's not like, he's not going to play 20, 22 minutes a night because he's the only serious. A, a threat the team has. Yep. Um, so it's difficult for me to project the, like a, 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 a total number of points to look for for Ranger fans. I do think that Lafreniere will have a better rookie season than Capo Caco for uh, different for several reasons. First of all, um, when Capocaccio joined the Rangers, he had played hockey nonstop for twelve months. He never really got a rest. Lafreniere hasn't played in six months. Um, he might even go back to the QMJHL to play for like a month or six weeks to you know get ready and then join the Rangers for, for training camp for the new season because NHL season starts in December and I think junior hockey in Canada is projected to start in October. So um, it'll be different. But on top of that, and this is this is what we need to hit home here, lafreniere is the best prospect the rangers have ever drafted
1: that is absolutely true uh
0: i know brian leach is probably the best rangers drafted player in franchise history but brian leach was the ninth overall pick on draft day lafreniere is better than brian leach was in 1986. lafreniere is a player the rangers never had the opportunity to draft and it's finally time, man. We finally, we finally have a first overall pick after seeing all these teams get their first overall pick, you know, get their moment to, to, to grab their franchise player. This is, I don't want to say he's generational because I think that term gets thrown around a little bit too easy these days. Right. I think Crosby is generational. I think McDavid is generational. I think Ovechkin
1: is a generational goal scorer. Um, would you say that Lafreniere is generational? Would you put him we, in that cap? No. I think
0: Lafreniere is in the same tier as Patrick Kane, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews. He's in that tier right below generational, which I would, I would call that a franchise player. A player okay. that, that, that plays for you for 15, maybe even 20 years. Uh, a player that if everything works out, he's going to have his number retired.
1: I think that's a very fair, fair point of view. I, th- I think he's the kind of player that can be a point-per-game player, a point-per-game, all-star, first-line kind of player for you for two decades. Uh, so the only, the, only, the only
0: thing that I worry about is this. We've been so dead set on Chester and winning the Calder next season. Can he share it with Lafreniere? No.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's possible.
0: But no, no, no. We have two prospects that are going to be in the conversation to win the Calder. How amazing okay. is that? Hey,
1: there's a very good chance that Keandre Miller is going to play next year. I was actually going to bring that up. I, I, all the talk now is that I, the, the Rangers are so high on him. I think that they're earmarking a spot for him. I think they're basically bookmarking, you've got a spot. If that got happens, a spot, unless you unless you prove unless you totally disprove it, unless you totally just don't even, uh, basically, it's your it's your it's your it's your responsibility to lose the spot, but you've got a spot next year.
0: If that happens, then I was wrong, and I would love to be proven wrong on that.
1: Because I th- that seems to be kind of where the Rangers are. They've been talking about Miller so much right now. Like all the, every 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 time you hear about every time you, you talk to Gordon, and every time you talk to. um um, any of the brass, like they're just always, always, always all over him. So it just, I just get this feeling that like, he's in their minds, he's got a spot. Um, so that makes me think, well, are they going to find a way to get rid of Brendan Smith? Are they going to find a way to get rid of Mark Stahl? Is that possible? Is Hank going to retire? Cause they, cause Jeff Gorton was also on record today of saying that they're not going to go into next season with three goalies he came out and said this is we need to figure something out. So what does that say? It, it does Hank really retire? Cuz if not, then you're going to have to trade then you're probably trading it's either either one of two things are going to happen. We know Shastorkin is going to be here for the, for the for the future. We know that. There's not even that's not even a debate. Okay? The thing is, yeah. is 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 Georgiev getting traded or is Hank retiring? One of those two things will happen this summer. Yeah, I don't think they're going to use a buyout. No, I didn't say a buyout. I said Hank retiring. Yeah, meaning so, so, so... does so Hank, there, no, no, Hank but outright retire?
0: So there's two options left. He either retires or he's on the team. Because he's not getting traded.
1: No, no, I'm options. not saying... I said Georgia getting traded. So meaning either, either yeah, Hank stays... We're talking here. about... Oh, I'm yeah, saying Hank. The, 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 the Lundquist scenario. One of, those two guys, one of those two players, I think, is going to be gone. Yeah, so what are the scenarios for Lundquist? The scenarios for Lundquist are either he... Um, he gets bought out, which I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Or he retires.
0: Because he's not gonna waive his claws to get traded.
1: I don't think he wants to. Does he I don't think he wants to uproot his life? I mean, you got a pandemic going yeah. on, his family's here, it's the last year's like, does he really want to uproot? And I don't think so, dude. I think he would rather say to himself, Look, I don't really want to be the backup. I'll just I'll just retire meaning it's more about him just not wanting to be the backup and playing during a pandemic. I actually think with the with the with where the world is right now, I think he's probably it's just a feeling. I think he's probably okay saying, "You know what? I'm just going to walk away from the game." I, I mean, think, it, I think
0: that wouldn't be a, I mean, the pandemic with with the, the way the situation is in Sweden I mean it's not it's not a crazy thought to for him to to say listen I'm just going to go back to Sweden and play one or two years for Frölunda there and then end my end my career that way. Yeah, in absolutely. in Sweden there's there's no lockdown in Sweden there's you know life has continued on in Sweden in in a very normal way maybe that plays into his decision. And a lot of people are saying oh but you know he's going to leave so much money on the table. If you think about it, and we had Kevin Klein retire a couple of years ago, Kevin Klein left two million dollars on the table when he retired a year before his contract ended. According to Cap Friendly, his career earnings in the NHL were 19 million. So that's roughly 10%. Yeah. If you go by those same numbers, Henrik Lundqvist, by retiring in his final year would only leave four percent of his career earnings on the table. That's half of what Kevin Klein gave up.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's crazy for. I mean, Hank. If you think about it, he really has nothing else to prove. And now, look. Does a part of me wish that he could? We could like put him in a cryo freezer, and just the minute we're ready to, you know, raise the cup, like just give him a one year, a one year, a one day contract, and bring him on the team just to hoist it up. Yes. Nothing would make me happier than seeing Hank. You know, skate around the ice with the cup in his hand. No, literally nothing would make me happier. But the likelihood of that happening is nil. It's it's very, very, unless they win the cup next year. I mean, I think next year, even if even if all said and done, next year is his last year regardless. Even if he were to stay. So I just do wonder if he sees, you know, that Quinn was going with the younger player. That Jostorkin that was playing really well. And, you know, he's almost like, hey, do I really want to be the backup? Let me just let the kids play and let me just move on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in his head, but I do know the organization is going to make a choice on and not having a three goalie system. They're going to have two goalies. and They're going to go with that. So that means one of two scenarios. Hank will either not be on this team and there's no way they're going to buy him out. So that and, in this, and, and I don't think he's going to get traded. So that means he's probably going to. That means if Hank is gone, that's him retiring. Or scenario B is Hank says, no, fuck it. I want one more shot and they come to a stall, and then maybe a team wants, you know, or, or, or something really good for Georgiev comes up, and the, you know, the Rangers just can't pass on that opportunity. One of those two scenarios I think is likely to happen over the next couple of months. I don't know which one, but I think one of those scenarios is going to happen. And if the first scenario happens where Hank does retire and it frees up some cap space for us, there's no reason in hell why I wouldn't match I I wouldn't, uh, Matt. I wouldn't offer sheet Matt Barzell, or I wouldn't try to pull the trigger on a trade for, you know, a Jack Eichel. No reason. No reason. I would do it.
0: All right, that's sounds fair. Um, So I I guess now that we get left for a year, we're no longer talking about signing Taylor Hall, right?
1: No, no, we're, I mean, <laughs> no, no. The Taylor Hall thing is completely, I, 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 was just thinking about that. Like, okay, we're, we're probably going to fucking lose the draft lottery. And we're probably going to want up pick in 10th or 11th. We'll probably take a center or something like that. And, you know, if we want to, if we want to really spearhead this thing and maybe we can, you know, get Taylor Hall and put him on the, uh, you know, the second line and put Kreider on the third line, like do we add more firepower that way? And, and that's obviously if Hank retires anyways, we go, do we go that route to add more firepower to make up for the lack of defense that we have? But no, no, no. You got Lafreniere, Taylor Hall thing is completely down the fucking toilet now. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even a... I, I mean, I was thinking about it if we didn't get... La, the, the factors for me of getting Taylor Hall were no Lafreniere, we didn't win the draft, um, and Hank does retire, and we have some open cap space. Do we go and get... Taylor Hall to add some firepower, but now that that's hell no. Now that 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 thing that that ship is the minute that ball popped up, that's that ship is sailed away. So
0: last night, the moment you saw the Rangers logo on that ping pong ball, where does that rank in your in your moments as a Rangers fan?
1: Good question. Um, Personally, uh, probably for me, if my top two, my top moments were n- moment number one was watching them win the cup in 94. That was n- of course, one. that's number one moment. Number two is them beating the devils in, 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 uh, in game seven of that same year. Those are one and two moments for me. The Matogo, the Matogo. Exactly. That, that, that game seven is, mo- is moment number two for me. Uh, moment number three might be this one. Yeah, it might be. Um, it might be it. This is this is bigger than this is bigger than last year. This is bigger than um, getting Panarin. This is bigger than bigger than you know trading for Yager. This is bigger than getting Rick Nash. It's bigger than all of that because it's it's it, we've won the draft and we get to watch a young kid develop in our system before our very eyes. We oh we don't have him. to sign him at thirty one. How sign great we is that? Didn't, we didn't sign for him. We didn't trade for him. We didn't. We didn't, like, rob some team for him. We didn't do any of that. We just, we just got lucky. We got blessed, and that's it. And that, to me, is just like, wow, we finally got that. We finally got – we've got – now, I'm, I'm not comparing in players. I'm just talking about in terms of moments. We finally got our McDavid. We've got our Crosby. We've got our Kane. We've got our, you know, our, our, our Matthews. We've got our top-end, talented kid you know, pick at the top of the draft that is ours from development camp on. We we, we won him, we drafted him, we developed him, and he is ours. And that's just, to me, I I love seeing shit like that. Like, that really gets me excited. And like I said before, having him in the fold changes everything in this equation. Like, it doesn't just just change our dynamic a little bit, it changes it a lot. It it dramatically changes the playing field. now the entire landscape of mm. our, of, of our, of our, of our timeline has also changed. There's no reason. Like I said on Twitter earlier today that like, I still think the Rangers are going to like, should be aiming for the playoffs in like a year and a half from now. So maybe not next year, but the year after should be like that. They don't make the playoffs. Then there's something wrong, but if, you, uh, be, if you're aggressive this summer and you're able to go get yourself an Eichel or a Barzel or a Larkin or a Barkov or something like that, and you're able to, you know, and then, the, and then you know, Miller comes up and he's a stud, maybe you go get another, you know, an, another defenseman to add onto your other side. And, you know, all of a sudden things change. I mean, there's no reason to think that this team can't, with a few things here and there, can't be a very competitive team next year. And by competitive, I don't mean make the playoffs. I mean, make, maybe make some noise. But that's if some things happen. As, as status quo, I still say the Rangers probably won't make the playoffs again le- next year as status quo. But there's a lot that could go on from now until then. You know, Pavel Buchnevich, Filipino, Crabstop, all these guys, Strom, all these guys could get traded for future pieces. D'Angelo, I mean, like, you know... What happened with Hank? What happens with Stahl? What happens with, you know, uh, Brendan Smith? Like, all of these are, are question marks that have to be answered. And when you're answered, mm. you see the product before next season, you can make a little bit better of an assessment. But I do think that this changes the landscape where we can be a little bit more aggressive now. We, 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 we now have the luxury to go and trade Crabstop, to go and trade Hedl. We have the luxury now to do that. Not like, we didn't have that luxury you know, two days ago. We didn't have that lunch. Now we do. Yeah. We can go, we can be aggressive and go say, no, I, I want, I want, I want Barzell. I want Eichel. Cool. What, what's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you two premium prospects, um, a, a current player on your roster that's young, and a pick, a first round pick. Cool. Maybe it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man. Um, honestly, last night is. Look, when when the Rangers won the cup, I was nine. I was living in the Netherlands. I was watching highlights the next morning. It didn't have the impact on me that it had on most Ranger fans watching it live with their family growing up in New York. I think this moment last night is probably my number one moment as a Rangers fan. I've been a Rangers fan for a long time, but not as actively, not as active as like let's say the last decade. When I when I moved back to Europe from South Africa, I really like really started watching a lot of games in the middle of the night. And and that that 2012 cup run. I think the Gabrick triple overtime goal is is a top three moment for me as a Rangers fan. Because of how how much it how how weird the situation was. I watched that goal at 6 45 in the morning. I had to get to work at 8. Um, I, this is definitely moment the the number one moment for me as a Rangers fan. It's it's unbelievable. I will remember last night until the day I die. I popped a bottle of champagne after midnight in my apartment. My floor. I,
1: was saw, that. I saw that on Twitter when you said that.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was like, this guy's mm-hmm. having a good time. My floor was covered in champagne because let okay just. Quick, quick, quick tip for people listening to this: Never open a bottle bottle of champagne when you're sitting on a chair behind your laptop. Don't, don't do it, because it it sprays all over the place. It's ridiculous. My floor was covered in champagne. I spent like a good ten minutes cleaning my floor. It's a hardwood floor, so yeah, needed some work. Um, worth it though. I I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Worth it. I. I sort of dared, uh, hockey stat minor, that if we win the draft lottery, I would shave my head. So today, today after work, I went to the hair salon and they shaved my head. So my girlfriend hates it. Uh, now I have to wear a hat when I video call her. It is what it is. Um, Embrace it. Bald is cool. Hey, it grows back in two, two, three weeks. Anyway, who cares? Exactly. Uh, Uh, maybe a
1: little bit longer, but anyway, it grows back. Um, yeah, I, I, I said some stuff. I said some stuff on Twitter too that how I would do a Murph workout if they if they actually won. And yeah, man, we need proof of that, by the way. Oh no, I mean, I, I've already done, I've already done a Murph before. I did it for Memorial Day, which it was. It's an absolutely, it's like one of the most brutal workouts I've ever had to do. And I yeah. was like, all right, I don't have to do this until next Memorial Day. Until I doubled down, I'm like, I'll fucking do it again if they win. I'm like, okay. And the minute it popped up, the first, my first thought was, oh shit, I got to do that thing again. I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be miserable. But um, I'll do it. I'll power through it. I'll, I'll do it. And then I also doubled down and said that I won't be, um, I think I said I won't drink any booze like, in, like for um, a month or something like that. So I just won't. Like my birthday is August 28th. I will, from, from today on, no booze until my birthday. Done. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm not going to drink alcohol until the draft, which is October 9th.
1: Huh. You gotta, you yeah, and you got You gotta own up to it. Got two months.
0: Uh, two months without alcohol. Uh, it's easy. I've done it before. Okay. Um, but yeah, last night is for me as a Rangers fan because '94 was such a different experience. Last night, number one, f- number one moment for me as a Rangers fan, and this moment trumps. The moment in Calgary last year where I was mentioned by name on the broadcast. That's how, that's how crazy this moment is. This,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that big of a deal. It literally is that big of a deal.
0: I mean, look at, look at the Penguins in the 80s drafting Mario Lemieux. Then again with Crosby in 2005. Um, say what you want about the Oilers. I mean, with
1: McDavid, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, and it, I always say this: it's not it's not Connor McDavid's fault. I mean, like the rest of the team, outside of him and Drysidle, that rest of that team is dog shit. It I really think is. McDavid.
0: I think McDavid had nine points in four games.
1: You know they're going to waste his career. I really believe that. I really believe when it's all said and done, dude. I I think he's gonna. I I, I feel bad for him. I think his career is going to rot there. I feel all bad. Right. You
0: know what? Let's 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 fix everything and put a
1: package together for McDavid then. <laughs> listen, where do I listen? If I, I would package the I would package this first pick for him. If I, if that was even remotely on the table, if someone was like, "Hey, Conor McDavid is actually available," like what the fuck do I give for him? You just give him anything they want, anything they want, anything they want. I give him this first, next year's first, and three first after that. This is the only, he is the only player
0: in the league that I would give up this pick for.
1: Me too. That's it. After that, it's just then it becomes very like, eh, I don't know if I want to do it. it. Crosby,
0: Ovechkin, yeah, if they were 22, 23, then yes, not now.
1: Yeah, and it's not because of Crosby's talent, it's because of the age. Like, meaning, I don't want him. I don't want him now. I want. How many years do
0: you do I get out of this trade? That's that's the that's the that's the question you have to ask.
1: Exactly. Like, I mean, what am I going to get? Like two years of Crosby for? It's not. It wouldn't even be worth it. But you know, having said that, it's not to me. It's not even in my vocabulary. Something I'd be willing to do. Yeah,
0: Rangers are not trading it. Rangers are going to draft Alexi Lafreniere. It's not yeah, a and, I, and,
1: I, and I know Drew said something about, like, um, you know, he, he, he like, low-key wants to see them trade down. I, I get what he's saying. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Yeah, but Drew likes chaos, so. He does. He does. He's, a, he's an absolute psychopath. To
0: be fair, so do I. I mean, I, I liked when Jeff Gordon drafted Nils Lundqvist and signed Michael Lindquist just to mess with everyone. <laughs> I, I actually, there's, there's another prospect in this draft that I want the Rangers to go for now. It's in the fourth round. It's a player in the USHL. His name is Alex Laferriere. Go for it. <laughs> just go for it. Grab, grab both of them. Just for the fuck of it, right? Just, just for the fun of it. Look, Gordon already did it with Nils Lundqvist, you know, to how many people spe- spell Nils Lundqvist's
1: name with a Q and Henry Lundqvist's name with a K now, I wonder. Um, I probably have done that because it's, it's an e- well. I mean, I mean, I probably spelled Mills's name incorrectly because it's just I'm, it's so ingrained in me how to spell H- Hank's name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Um, look, whatever, whatever happens next, Ranger fans, this is the start of something new.
1: This is this is what solidifies the rebuild. I, I completely agree, and like I said before, I, th- I think the main takeaway for me just to kind of recap everything, is that this changes, it changes three things to me. It changes the timeline dramatically. It changes the landscape dramatically. And it also changes the way, the, the flexibility that we have in terms of how we're going to build our team. Because the more pieces you have, you afford yourself flexibility to do things. If you need to go make a package for a second line center, you can go do that. If you need to make a package for, you know, a a top end blue liner, you do it. You know, like it, it allows you the flexibility that you did not have before. And that's incredible when you're talking about rebuild, right? Everything is about what kind of flexibility do you have? And the Rangers have a deep ass prospect pool with lots of lots of possibilities. So, the sky's the limit for them, really. I mean, they're, they're I would actually say the Rangers are prime, in a prime position. I mean, they're going to be... I honestly believe that them, Vancouver, Carolina, and... Colorado. And Colorado, those four teams are going to be, in the next three to five years, they're going to be in those conference finals every year. Like, meaning, with the talent those four teams have accumulated. Like, I honestly Don't. think... This series, no. we've seen with Carolina and, and, and the Rangers. W- Carolina is going to be our rival for the next 10 years in the East. There's no doubt about that one.
0: Yeah, but in the West, don't sleep on the LA Kings. Uh, they might be a year or two away, but their their prospect pool is probably... I think their prospect pool was number one in the league until we won the
1: lottery last night. Yeah, and, then, and now they're going to add um, Quentin Byfield, too. Exactly. They're adding Quentin
0: Byfield. They already have Alex Turcotte. Sam Wolfagemo, Tobias Bjornfo, they have the the Uzbeki kid, what's his name? Kaliev, Artur Kaliev. Oh yeah, that was great. Oh, I cannot believe they got him in the second round. I mean, Look, there's a lot there's a lot of teams that are currently like, you know, that that are
1: on the up and Rangers are one of them. And exactly, exactly. And I think we need to really just hang our hat on it, of where where they are currently and where they're they're headed. They're just headed in that in that right direction, man. You you just we can't. I can't, I cannot personally emphasize that enough. I just want to really hammer that home: is that you, the Rangers? They're not just heading in the right direction, but they're heading in that direction with an absolute vengeance. Like they've really solidified themselves in, in a prime position. Like I, I mean, I've said this a bunch of times on this podcast today, but they can go out and they can go and offer sheet Matt Barzell. They can go and, and make a, a legitimate package for, for Jack Eichel. They can make a legitimate package for Dylan Larkin. Or, or, or Barkov or, you know, an, any, any other young promising center that, you know, can get moved. You know, they can go out and go get themselves a top blue liner. Mm-hmm. Then they there, have
0: there, people- there's, there's one center that, that I would love to see on the Rangers. He's a little bit older and I know he's not available, so there's no point in discussing it in detail, but Sean Couturier. Yeah,
1: he's not going to, not going to,
0: he's not available, but imagine having Sean Couturier on your second line, taking, taking that defensive zone face off. So Zibanejad can focus just on offense.
1: (sighs) Yeah, that would be pretty, that would be pretty sweet. But I'll settle for Barkov. So well, I mean I would I would take Barkov in a heartbeat. I, <laughs> honestly, like the, the players I want, I want Barkov or I want Jack Eichel. I, those are the two, those are the two centers that I am looking at, and I'm thinking, is it possible to get them? Like I don't know if Eichel is available. I mean, but I, okay. I'm willing to okay. look, so, look so down that path.
0: Here's the thing: nobody knew Sagan was available until it was traded.
1: Yeah, and you know, you know I know, and this is to give um, to give Greg on 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 Blue shirts another shout out. He said something today that I—it's I, true. I mean, GMs are fucking stupid. GMs are fucking stupid, and that's why I think we can come up with these wacky trades. Because you know, someone's gonna come on. Nah, no, one's gonna do that fucking trade. Yeah, do you think Taylor Hall was gonna get fucking traded?
0: No. Um, did didn't we acquire a Swedish center from the Ottawa Senators that 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 is now leading the league in goals per game?
1: Ah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what's his name? That's crazy. I forget forgetting. Oh, yeah. Mika's a manager. There you go. Players, <laughs> players are never available until the trade happens.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And it's like, and like, and going back to the whole Taylor Hall thing, like, if you would have told me, like, hey, Taylor Hall is going to get traded for Adam Larson, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's not going to happen. But it did. It did. So uh, that's why I'm just like, you know what? You're, you, Greg's right. I mean, D- GMs do fucking stupid things, they do stupid things. And as long as there's stupid stupid things, you can come up with stupid, not stupid, but somewhat, you know, fantasy ideas. Because some GM is going to go, oh, I'll do that.
0: There should be a Peter Shirelli award that's given to the general manager who made the worst trade in a season. (laughs) I really like that idea, actually. Peter Shirelli. I think everyone talks about the Adam Holt. Oh, the Adam Holt. Wow, that's a name. Blast from the past. Everyone talks about the Taylor Hall trade and um, uh, the Tyler Sagan trade. But the trade that that always gets me is that he traded Everly for Ryan Spooner, traded Ryan Spooner. F- oh, no, sorry. Traded Everly for Ryan Strong, traded Ryan Strong for Ryan Spooner, then traded Ryan Spooner for Sam Gagne, a player they had on their roster two years before anyway. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's just wacky. They basically yeah. traded Jordan Eberly for Sam Gagne, who was on their team with Jordan Eberly. It's
1: yeah. yeah, uh, just unreal, man. Unreal. We need
0: we need more awards, man. We need we need an award for the worst trade in the season.
1: We do. Let's get, let's get it
0: done. Yeah. Get on. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Unless you have something like like a final
1: word about Lafreniere. Uh no, I, I think the only thing I could say is and I'm I'm look, I mean this oh, is, I oh, haven't been that excited. I, in, 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 I, I, I don't I remember a the last question. time I was excited. I have a final question. What number do you think he's going to pick? Because 11 is retired, of course. Yeah, and, 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 they, and he can't pick one either. So there goes that idea. Um, hmm. Does he go with 12? Um, I don't know. I mean he, he could is, is, I mean, yeah, that's that's uh who 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 owns twelve right now? At
0: the moment,
1: uh yeah. Gautier,
0: I think. Julian Julian Gautier
1: Yeah, I mean maybe maybe goes one up on the number. I don't know. What did did he did he wear a different number for World Juniors?
0: No, he wore eleven as well.
1: Oh. Wonder why he picked eleven. I wonder what's his fascination because he, he was 11. born on October eleventh. Ah, okay i was gonna say it's interesting because the uh it's a little bit of little 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 mark bestia there i kind of like it um yeah i don't know i mean i don't know what number he's gonna get but um when he does i've seen 22
0: i've seen 71 i've seen 91 in like you know pictures
1: that people put together yeah um what what year was what year was he born uh, 18 years ago what 2002 you can't pick two because of leech. I'll say O2.: You can pick 22.: could pick 22, yeah.: 2002. 22. There you go.: Yeah, just get rid of the zero, 22. boom. hmm There you go. Yeah. Problem solved.: I, I think we've picked this number for him. He's number 22 now. Oh, we can finally
0: we can finally erase the uh, the memory of Nick Holden.
1: <laughs> jeez. yeah. <laughs> but, I'll here's what I'll here, here. Here's my guaranteed take of the day. Alexa Lafreniere will be better than Nick Holden as a hockey player. Oh, oh, okay.
0: All right. All right. I can get on board with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's my hot take of the day, guys. Hot take. All right. Talk to you guys later. And then hopefully next week. we'll I mean, um, I don't know about if it's going to be next week, but we plan to have Drew on the show soon. So we're going to talk about, what the Rangers can possibly do with the, uh, with the Carolina pick. Cause I think that that now becomes a little bit interesting. We haven't touched on that. We've been focusing on, you know, the golden boy today, but um, I think that's, you know, uh, I think that's actually an important factor is do we trade up with that pick? Do we package some of our players that there's a, if there's a guy we target, maybe one of a, maybe a center that drops that we're super excited about. And we may, you know, maybe like we, we, we didn't make a trade for a center, but one of the centers that we think can be in our system, we go and grab him now. So, Lots of different things could happen, man. We've just, there's a lot of balls in the air.
0: Balls in the air for Lafreniere. The there you go. We'll yeah.
1: Balls in, <laughs> balls in the air. One's with, the, ones with our logo on it.
0: Oh, my God. When I posted those pictures today, I, I, I used the hashtag no hair for Lafreniere. <laughs>
1: like, I like that one. The name that,
0: that, that keeps on giving with hashtags.
1: Oh, uh, man. It's so good. I'm,
0: I'm really happy that there's no hashtag #LeafRenier when the leash would have won the lottery. Oh, thank God.
1: I'll, I'll, here, here's my final thing to say. I, I, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that Toronto and Pittsburgh and Edmonton did not have this pick. That's all I'm happy about. Like I would have been, I actually, I admit it. I, I would have been okay. If Nashville got it or Winnipeg, um, it would have sucked. If he would have been in Florida, that would have fucking sucked. That would have asked for him. But you know, I mean like I'm okay with, with any of the other teams that would have, that would have won it. But Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Toronto, fuck no, no, just no, and they did so, and we did, woohoo! Yeah, and Alexi Lafreniere will be
0: the first QMJHL player we drafted the first round since 1977.
1: And, and it'll also be, I mean, and also, we don't draft a lot of Canadian kids, so that's another little interesting tidbit, especially yep. in the first round. In the first round, we don't draft a lot of Canadians, so.
0: Um, let me think, uh, unless I'm mistaken, the last Canadian prospect we drafted in the first round was Dylan McElrath. Was it? I think, oh, well, we didn't have a lot of first round picks. We had JT Miller in 2011, Brady Shea in 2012, Leas and Hedo in 2017, Krafzoff, Lundqvist and Miller in 2018, and then Kako in 2019. So yeah, the last Canadian kid we drafted in the first round was Dylan
1: McElrath. Wow! Yeah, that's right. Because I, if I, I, I remember correctly, Matthew Robinson last year was a second round pick, right? Second round, yep. yeah, yeah, forty so, ninth overall, I think. Yeah. So yeah, so we just don't draft a lot of a uh, lot of Canadian kids in the first round. So, look, a lot of things to like, man. Let's uh, let's wrap this up, and we'll hopefully we get to ch- chat with uh, Drew either next week or the week after. But we're gonna get him yep. on the show to talk to, to talk soon. So, right.
0: enjoy Lafreniere it, guys.
1: Yeah, Lafreniere season is here, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.